0: Welcome to Fintox, a chat with Finance Malta members edition. With me today, I have Fran Moisa, who is a head hunting and talent advisory. And with her today, we will be discussing during this podcast how to recruit and retain employees. I think this is a very topical um, subject uh, um, during this period of time that we are living, I believe. And obviously, my first question to you is, what has changed in the way potential employees select potential jobs, opportunities in the past 24 months?
1: Good morning. Good morning, morning, Rachel. And thank you very much for having me. So um, before I answer directly to that question, um, I will uh, take you a little bit back, you know, pre-pandemic and uh, specifically in Malta pre-pandemic, we have experienced uh, a very fast economic growth i mean i've been here in malta for eight years and um, the talent demand has exceeded consistently the supply so uh, the challenges that employers are experiencing are not solely condensed within the pandemic period Um, and we saw that in areas that are experiencing a higher demand than a supply of professionals there is a lot more competition between employers and this has led to um, a change in the way that prospective employees approach opportunities. So even pre-pandemic employees were looking at opportunities that gave them flexibility because we talk a lot about flexibility during the this past 24 months but actually this has happened even before it has been highlighted even more during the pandemic but it was present in the market before the pandemic so flexibility is is one thing and number 2 it would come um very closely with regards to the value proposition that a business has so employees have a wide a variety of choices now they can select between three four and sometimes even more opportunities in the market and they will lean towards those that are um, a credible from a reputation from a reputational point of view b that align with their professional goals and that is clearly highlighted during the recruitment process and three there has been a consumer shift and again this has happened even before the pandemic where um, employees and consumers alike are aligning themselves with businesses that are actively involved in creating positive change in society. Now, this can take the shape of um, corporate social responsibility programs um, charity aid or any other form that somehow goes beyond the business as it is day to day. And it contributes directly to making a positive impact in society. And when the pandemic hit, um, of course, um, it brought with it a lot of changes in the last 24 months. And the most uh, prevalent one is the one relating to the way of working. And employees have realized that they can do the work that they need to do from home or from you know a remote office, not necessarily within the physical office mm-hmm. of the business that they are employed in. Of course, this doesn't apply to all sectors like doctors, for example, right? They're not going to operate on someone remotely. But for the purposes of, of office roles, um, this has really put um, sort of a magnifying glass on how uh, companies operate and how employees perceive trust. Also because technology helped us as well. To technology do that. helped technology helps a lot but it has a lot to do now with trust now I speak a lot with professionals from all walks of life from juniors all the way up to sea level and it's not so much about flexibility per se in the sense that um, if you don't want to come in the office today you don't need to come in you can work from home because you have like you said the technological tools to do your role but it's about trust um, employers trusting employees to carry their responsibilities regardless of where they are based Mm -hmm. and without micromanagement. So when employees are now considering opportunities, they will look at that. They won't necessarily look at, um, we have a flexible working policy, okay, that is great, you know, to have that flexibility if your child is sick, if your car doesn't start in the morning. But they will look deeper to understand what that means in the level of trust. Am I micromanaged, even if I am from home? I've read an article. Um, I don't think it's in Europe, but they were saying that uh, remote employees have like cameras, you know, to monitor them when they're working and like mm-hmm. login details and stuff. You know, that, that's you know taking it to the extreme. So you have the flexible model, but you don't have the trust. So they have to go hand in hand and this is what employees are looking for and before this wasn't so strong as it is now as it has become in the last 24 months because employees want to be trusted. And um, like I said, also, it has changed the way that employees approach potential companies. So they're looking for the companies to be of a good reputational standing, not necess- not only from a service or product point of view, but also from an employee perspective. They start looking at things of like um, how many employees is the company losing on a yearly basis? Is it a high turnover can, of staff? Can I
0: just stop you there? Because this is a very crucial mm. point. I feel that in the past, um, in the recent years, I would say, let's say five years, the turnover, at least if I zoom on uh, on on Malta, um, the turnover has been quite uh, rapid. As yes. In, you know, changing all the time. Yes. Yes. So I- I'm not sure you, as an advisor, can tell us what exactly is happening. <laughs> is this? Uh, is this? Uh, um something that the young people are just interested to hop from one place to the other or because there is something
1: fundamentally wrong i think it's a combination of many reasons um so number one it has to do as i said with the economic growth so normally the demand has went up for employees and the the supply has not kept up with the demand so obviously this has created some gaps now the most obvious way to resolve that and the handiest way to resolve that for a business is to increase salaries. So this is why you've noticed in the last couple of years, people moving jobs is because they were getting sometimes increases of salaries. However, that only lasts for that long. Actually, the main reason that people move jobs has very, okay, it has to do a little bit with the remuneration, but it's not even in the top three reasons. C- uh, considering a recent study, um, it has to do with opportunities for learn, for learning, opportunities for growth and professional development. So when you start seeing employees moving very quickly from one place to another, it can has it, it can uh, be due to remuneration in a very small part, but most of the time it has to do with the exposure that one would get by moving jobs. Okay, so employees are looking and, you know, going back to the first question, what has changed in the way that employees are considering job opportunities, they're looking for roles where they have an opportunity to grow. And that doesn't mean necessarily grow in direct connection with the role, but through cross collaboration. Now, companies that retain the staff the best are the ones that create opportunities for different departments to collaborate together and learn from each other. So when you say opportunities,
0: it's not just salary, but training Training, for example. Training,
1: right? exactly. Exposure to different areas of the business. So I'll give you a very basic example. Um, auditors, for example. There is a big demand for audits, and there never seems to be enough going around. Um, now, usually, the career progression of an auditor starts as, you know, audit junior, associate, senior one, senior two, and so on and so forth until they reach partner level. And um, that is a very logical career progression and it makes sense from a warrant perspective. But companies that expose their auditors to areas such as tax, compliance and advisory retain them for far longer because even though it may not be directly related to their professional growth as per the cpa warrant it does help them understand more about what the business is doing and more about how their job fits into the bigger picture Mm -hmm. and when people feel aligned with the vision of the company and when they feel that they are involved in those areas that the business services in they stay longer with the business
0: okay, okay. so so basically it seems that it depends also on the area that you're specializing with.
1: Yes, yes, yes. I mean, certain areas have um, naturally high turnover, like, for example, the hospitality industry. A lot of them uh, come here just for the summer, for example, yeah. or if they're expat, they spend here a year or two and then they leave and that creates a natural turnover. That will always be the case. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's nothing necessarily wrong with it. It's very difficult for businesses, though, to cope with that sort of yeah cycle it's very daunting it's demanding um, as very well demanding stressful and costly as well but some industries do have that nature of natural turnover. Another. okay
0: yeah. and how can companies improve their uh, their processes
1: mm-hmm. so um, talking specifically to to uh, relating to the present day it um, i i would advise in several areas so number one before actually going to market to find a new employee companies really need to identify exactly what they're looking for. In my experience, um, companies form a, a definitive view of what they want and what they need, usually after at least two interview cycles. That means we see two, three people today. We realize this is not exactly what we want. We're going to tweak it here and there. And then they start interviewing again and months pass. Okay, the longer you have a vacancy left unfilled, the harder it becomes to be filled. Uh, and it can become very costly to the business. So before going to market, companies really, really need to identify exactly what they want from that job vacancy. So I would advise them to think of three key problems they want this vacancy to solve. Saying that you need a financial controller because uh, <laughs> you know you need someone to, to keep uh, track of the finances in the company is not enough. Okay, you need to understand what exactly that financial controller will be doing to solve the problems for you. Is it a backlog? Is it implementing a new system? And so on and so forth. Then when it comes to the interview process, um, it needs to be fit for purpose. Some um, recruitment processes take way too long. And we're talking here of weeks and weeks of interviewing. You meet 10 different people in the business. You know, sometimes those meetings are warranted, especially at sea level, but no role warrants a process longer than a month in general, because people lose interest and there will be your competitors that are going to move quicker than you and you're going to miss out on talent. And then it comes on to onboarding is really important to have a very clear onboarding procedure where you you know, introduce that person into the business. Um, seeing them you know letting them see how things are done is not enough to retain interest of a person you have to involve them there has to be clarity and there has to be collaboration between the employer and prospective employees. Now some companies do that but most of the situations that I encounter in the market they do one or two of these things but never all of them together very few to all of them together so in order to improve the way that companies recruit they really need to take a holistic approach and try and cover as many angles as possible but especially the crucial angles understanding what you want having an effective interview process and an effective onboarding process having just two of these is gonna leave you exposed
0: in all this I mean these are very important tips that you just gave Um, but Do you believe that even the um, institutions, local institutions like um, like Finance Malta, like um, University MCAST, can also be um, more involved in choosing the best talent? Mm. Because when you when you attend conferences um one common factor that you hear is that lack of human resources lack of skills so you know that's one of the
1: biggest challenge for an employer yes yes absolutely um from a um a quality perspective, I think the institutions in Malta, the training institutions do have a high standard of quality when it comes to the curriculum and the subjects that they teach. Um, since I've been here for the past eight years, there has been a lot more collaboration between industry and educational institutes. But I still feel there is a discrepancy between the two. And I'll give you a very basic example. Sometimes if you are they're na- disjointed as well, um, I feel. I, I'm not sure if I will necessarily call it disjointed. But a little bit, I would say, um, out of touch with the demands of professionals, and I will mm-hmm. give you a very specific example of what I mean by that. Um, I would love to take a master's degree, okay? But most of the master's degree that I'm interested in are full time or during the day, okay? Now we work, <laughs> um, and um, I would definitely urge educational institutes to look at online learning degrees not evening classes um, but you know predominantly online degrees because most professionals that reach a certain age so like myself for example i've got a family and i'm working even if you put the classes in the evening it's still going to be quite difficult for me to attend there are there are some online options but nowhere near enough nowhere near enough to complement and Mm -hmm. supplement the demand that is needed. Short courses that are recognized um, by employers and institutions. Now, we have the ACCA. So, for example, when you look at the accountancy sector, you have employers that, you know, have been certified ACCA employers, which is great. But what about all the other sectors, like insurance, for example, like compliance? Um, for compliance, there is the International Compliance Diploma, which is which is a fantastic tool, but it has only started to be recently promoted. And I think when someone takes a role, employers together with educational institutes, mm-hmm. they should come together and really map out a training mm-hmm. plan for the individuals. And also it has a lot to do with the openness of employers. Look. Most people want to hire people that can do the job very quickly because it saves time and money. Money. It's very understandable, but that's not possible Mm -hmm. (laughs) because there aren't simply enough people to go around. So what do you do then? You cross train, you open the market to individuals that are adjacent to what you need, but you invest in them by training but not a lot of employers are willing to do that and it can be because of limitations in terms of resources and capacity because it's not an easy task to do, but it can also has, it, it. can also have to do with the lack of support, mm-hmm. okay?
0: Yeah, I, I, I absolutely agree and, and obviously my last question would be what should be the top uh, um, priorities now for employees?
1: So the top priorities for employees, I mean, it really depends on what they feel it is of value. Some of them that have families will find flexibility very valuable when they're making a choice. Others that are just starting out in their career, they will find training to be a priority. But speaking in general terms, if I was to, you know, choose something that would be, you know, a broad statement that would fit everyone regardless of where they are at the career level is to um, give time for their choice to come to fruition. Now, that means that as much as employers have a responsibility to involve you, train you and trust you, it goes both ways. It goes from the other side. So allow yourself the time to learn and to grow and um, be open with your employer. Uh, Create open channels of communication, this is what I was talking about trust at the beginning, it's really important to have that. So a top priority for employees should be choose a company where you feel comfortable speaking out so then you can give it the time they can give you the time and together you can find the common ground between you if you choose a company that pays you for example an amazing salary but no one listens to you you are going to leave that company significantly quicker than what you thought you're going to do because the 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 sweetness of the paycheck only lasts for this long
0: Thank you, um, Franz Moisa, head Hunting advisor and talent uh, advisory as well. Thank you for joining us and thank you for your insight. It was a very interesting discussion. You can follow this discussion on all social media platforms and on the Finance Malta YouTube channel. Thank you very much and I wish you all a happy Christmas.